Section fifty one of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book eight, chapter six. I am coming too but dmitri fyodorovitch was speeding along the road it was a little more than twenty versts to Makrow, but andre's three horses galloped at such a pace that the distance might be covered in an hour and a quarter the swift motion revived mitya the air was fresh and cool there were big stars shining in the sky it was the very night and perhaps the very hour in which alyosha fell on the earth and rapturously swore to love it for ever and ever all was confusion confusion in mitch's soul but although many things were goading his heart at that moment his whole being was yearning for her his queen to whom he was flying to look on her for the last time one thing i can say for certain his heart did not waver for one instant i shall perhaps not be believed when i say that this jealous lover felt not the slightest jealousy of this new rival who seemed to have sprung out of the earth if any other had appeared on the scene he would have been jealous at once and would perhaps have stained his fierce hands with blood again but as he flew through the night he felt no envy no hostility even for the man who had been her first lover it is true he had not yet seen him here there was no room for dispute it was her right and his this was her first love which after five years she had not forgotten so she had loved him only for those five years and i how do i come in what right have i step aside mitya and make way what am i now now everything is over apart from the officer even if he had not appeared everything would be over these words would roughly have expressed his feelings if he had been capable of reasoning but he could not reason at that moment his present plan of action had arisen without reasoning at fenya's first words it had sprung from feeling and been adopted in a flash with all its consequences and yet in spite of his resolution there was confusion in his soul an agonizing confusion his resolution did not give him peace there was so much behind that tortured him and it seemed strange to him at moments to think that he had written his own sentence of death with pen and paper i punish myself and the paper was lying there in his pocket ready the pistol was loaded he had already resolved how next morning he would meet the first warm ray of golden-haired phoebus and yet he could not be quit of the past of all that he had left behind and that tortured him he felt that miserably and the thought of it sank into his heart with despair there was one moment when he felt an impulse to stop andre to jump out of the cart to pull out his loaded pistol and to make an end of everything without waiting for the dawn but that moment flew by like a spark the horses galloped on devouring space and as he drew near his goal again the thought of her of her alone took more and more complete possession of his soul chasing away the fearful images that had been haunting it oh how he longed to look upon her if only for a moment if only from a distance 
she's now with him he thought now i shall see what she looks like with him her first love and that's all i want never had this woman who was such a fateful influence in his life aroused such love in his breast such new and unknown feeling surprising even to himself a feeling tender to devoutness to self-effacement before her i will efface myself he said in a rush of almost hysterical ecstasy they had been galloping nearly an hour mitchell was silent and though andre was as a rule a talkative peasant he did not utter a word either he seemed afraid to talk he only whipped up smartly his three lean but mettlesome bay horses suddenly mitchell cried out in horrible anxiety andre what if they're asleep this thought fell upon him like a blow it had not occurred to him before it may well be that they're gone to bed by now dmitri fyodorovitch mitya frowned as though in pain yes indeed he was rushing there with such feelings while they were asleep she was asleep perhaps there too an angry feeling surged up in his heart drive on andre whip them up look alive he cried beside himself but maybe they're not in bed andre went on after a pause timofey said there were a lot of them there at the station not at the posting station but at plastunov's at the inn where they let out horses too i know so you say there are a lot of them how's that who are they cried mitya greatly dismayed at this unexpected news well timofey was saying they're all gentlefolk two from our town who they are i can't say and there are two others strangers maybe more besides i didn't ask particularly they've set to playing cards so timofey said cards so maybe they're not in bed if they're at cards it's most likely not more than eleven quicker andre quicker mitya cried again nervously may i ask you something sir said andre after a pause only i'm afraid of angering you sir what is it why fenya threw herself at your feet just now and begged you not to harm her mistress and someone else too so you see sir it's i am taking you there forgive me sir it's my conscience maybe it's stupid of me to speak of it mitya suddenly seized him by the shoulders from behind are you a driver he asked frantically yes sir then you know that one has to make way what would you say to a driver who wouldn't make way for anyone but would just drive on and crush people no a driver mustn't run over people one can't run over a man one can't spoil people's lives and if you have spoilt a life punish yourself if only you've spoilt if only you've ruined anyone's life punish yourself and go away these phrases burst from mitya almost hysterically though andre was surprised at him he kept up the conversation that's right dmitri fyodorovitch you're quite right one mustn't crush or torment a man or any sort of creature for every creature is created by god take a horse for instance for some folks even among us drivers drive anyhow nothing will restrain them they just force it along to hell mitya interrupted and went off into his abrupt short laugh 
andre simple soul he seized him by the shoulders again tell me will dmitri fyodorovitch karamazov go to hell or not what do you think i don't know darling it depends on you for you are you see sir when the son of god was nailed on the cross and died he went straight down to hell from the cross and set free all sinners that were in agony and the devil groaned because he thought that he would get no more sinners in hell and god said to him then don't groan for you shall have all the mighty of the earth the rulers the chief judges and the rich men and shall be filled up as you have been in all the ages till i come again those were his very words a peasant legend capital whip up the left andre so you see sir who it is hell's for said andre whipping up the left horse but you're like a little child that's how we look on you and though you're hasty-tempered sir yet god will forgive you for your kind heart and you do you forgive me andre what should i forgive you for sir you've never done me any harm no for every one for every one you here alone on the road will you forgive me for every one speak simple peasant heart oh sir i feel afraid of driving you your talk is so strange but mitya did not hear he was frantically praying and muttering to himself lord receive me with all my lawlessness and do not condemn me let me pass by thy judgment do not condemn me for i have condemned myself do not condemn me for i love thee o lord i am a wretch but i love thee if thou sendest me to hell i shall love thee there and from there i shall cry out that i love thee for ever and ever but let me love to the end here and now for just five hours till the first light of thy day for i love the queen of my soul i love her and i cannot help loving her thou seest my whole heart i shall gallop up i shall fall before her and say you are right to pass on and leave me farewell and forget your victim never fret yourself about me macro cried andre pointing ahead with his whip through the pale darkness of the night loomed a solid black mass of buildings flung down as it were in the vast plain the village of Makro numbered two thousand inhabitants but at that hour all were asleep and only here and there a few lights still twinkled drive on andre i come mitya exclaimed feverishly they're not asleep said andre again pointing with his whip to the plastinoff's inn which was at the entrance to the village the six windows looking on the street were all brightly lighted up they're not asleep mitya repeated joyously quicker andre gallop drive up with a dash set the bells ringing let all know that i have come i'm coming i'm coming too andre lashed his exhausted team into a gallop drove with a dash and pulled up his steaming panting horses at the high flight of steps mitya jumped out of the cart just as the innkeeper on his way to bed peeped out from the steps curious to see who had arrived trifon borisevitch is that you the innkeeper bent down looked intently ran down the steps and rushed up to the guest with obsequious delight dmitri fyodorovitch your honour do i see you again 
trifon borisovitch was a thick-set healthy peasant of middle height with a rather fat face his expression was severe and uncompromising especially with the peasants of Macro, but he had the power of assuming the most obsequious countenance when he had an inkling that it was to his interest he dressed in russian style with a shirt buttoning down on one side and a full-skirted coat he had saved a good sum of money but was forever dreaming of improving his position more than half the peasants were in his clutches everyone in the neighborhood was in debt to him from the neighboring landowners he bought and rented lands which were worked by the peasants in payment of debts which they could never shake off he was a widower with four grown-up daughters one of them was already a widow and lived in the inn with her two children his grandchildren and worked for him like a charwoman another of his daughters was married to a petty official and in one of the rooms of the inn on the wall could be seen among the family photographs a miniature photograph of this official in uniform and official epaulettes the two younger daughters used to wear fashionable blue or green dresses fitting tight at the back and with trains a yard long on church holidays or when they went to pay visits but next morning they would get up at dawn as usual sweep out the rooms with a birch broom empty the slops and clean up after lodgers in spite of the thousands of roubles he had saved trifon borisovitch was very fond of emptying the pockets of a drunken guest and remembering that not a month ago he had in twenty-four hours made two if not three hundred roubles out of dmitri when he had come on his escapade with grushenka he met him now with eager welcome scenting his prey the moment mitya drove up to the steps dmitri fyodorovitch dear sir we see you once more stay trifon borisovitch began mitya first and foremost where is she agrafena alexandrovna the innkeeper understood at once looking sharply into mitya's face she's here too with whom with whom some strangers one is an official gentleman a pole to judge from his speech he sent the horses for her from here and there's another with him a friend of his or a fellow-traveller there's no telling they're dressed like civilians well are they feasting have they money poor sort of a feast nothing to boast of dmitri fyodorovitch nothing to boast of and who are the others they're two gentlemen from the town they've come back from cherny and are putting up here one's quite a young gentleman a relative of mr musov he must be but i've forgotten his name and i expect you know the other too a gentleman called maximov he's been on a pilgrimage so he says to the monastery in the town he's travelling with this young relation of mr musov is that all yes stay listen trifon borisovitch tell me the chief thing what of her how is she oh she's only just come she's sitting with them is she cheerful is she laughing no i think she's not laughing much she's sitting quite dull she's combing the young gentleman's hair the pole the officer he's not young and he's not an officer either not him sir it's the young gentleman that's mr musov's relation i've forgotten his name kalganov 
that's it kalganov all right i'll see for myself are they playing cards they have been playing but they've left off they've been drinking tea the official gentleman asked for liqueurs stay trifon borisovitch stay my good soul i'll see for myself now answer one more question are the gypsies here you can't have the gypsies now dmitri fyodorovitch the authorities have sent them away but we've jews that play the cymbals and the fiddle in the village so one might send for them they'd come send for them certainly send for them cried mitya and you can get the girls together as you did then maria especially stepanida too and arina two hundred roubles for a chorus oh for a sum like that i can get the whole village together though by now they're asleep are the peasants here worth such kindness dmitri fyodorovitch or the girls either to spend a sum like that on such coarseness and rudeness what's the good of giving a peasant a cigar to smoke the stinking ruffian and the girls are all lousy besides i'll get my daughters up for nothing let alone a sum like that they've only just gone to bed i'll give them a kick and set them singing for you you gave the peasants champagne to drink the other day Ech. for all his pretended compassion for mitya trifon borisovitch had hidden half a dozen bottles of champagne on that last occasion and had picked up a hundred-rouble note under the table and it had remained in his clutches trifon borisovitch i sent more than one thousand flying last time i was here do you remember you did send it flying i may well remember you must have left three thousand behind you well i've come to do the same again do you see and he pulled out his roll of notes and held them up before the innkeeper's nose now listen and remember in an hour's time the wine will arrive savouries pies and sweets bring them all up at once that box andre has got is to be brought up at once too open it and hand champagne immediately and the girls we must have the girls maria especially he turned to the cart and pulled out the box of pistols here andre let's settle here's fifteen roubles for the drive and fifty for vodka for your readiness for your love remember karamazov i'm afraid sir faltered andre give me five roubles extra but more i won't take trifon borisovitch bear witness forgive my foolish words what are you afraid of asked mitya scanning him well go to the devil if that's it he cried flinging him five roubles now trifon borisovitch take me up quietly and let me first get a look at them so that they don't see me where are they in the blue room trifon borisovitch looked apprehensively at mitya but at once obediently did his bidding leading him into the passage he went himself into the first large room adjoining that in which the visitors were sitting and took the light away then he stealthily led mitya in and put him in a corner in the dark whence he could freely watch the company without being seen but mitya did not look long and indeed he could not see them he saw her his heart throbbed violently and all was dark before his eyes she was sitting sideways to the table in a low chair 
and beside her on the sofa was the pretty youth kalganov she was holding his hand and seemed to be laughing while he seeming vexed and not looking at her was saying something in a loud voice to maximov who sat the other side of the table facing grushenka maximov was laughing violently at something on the sofa sat he and on a chair by the sofa there was another stranger the one on the sofa was lolling backwards smoking a pipe and mitya had an impression of a stoutish broad-faced short little man who was apparently angry about something his friend the other stranger struck mitya as extraordinarily tall but he could make out nothing more he caught his breath he could not bear it for a minute he put the pistol-case on a chest and with a throbbing heart he walked feeling cold all over straight into the blue room to face the company ay shrieked grushenka the first to notice him end of section fifty one